Hello, and welcome to What is Innovation? The podcast that explores the reality of a word that is in danger of losing its meaning altogether. This podcast is produced by Outlast Consulting, LLC, a boutique consultancy that helps companies use innovation principles to solve their toughest business problems. I'm your host, Jared Simmons, and I'm so excited to have Carolina Duque Chopitea. Carolina Duque Chopitea is a partner and director of technology and product at Recyclo, a circular economy company that builds technological solutions for glass recycling, and the co-founder of Brandformers, a digital marketing company that helps brands in their digital transition. She holds a master's degree in business analytics from Holt International Business School and a degree in political science and environmental studies from the University of Victoria, Canada. With her multidisciplinary background and experience, Carolina works with brands and organizations to help them build technological and innovative solutions that contribute toward the sustainable development of our planet. Carolina, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I'm very excited for the conversation. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So why don't we dive right in? What in your mind is innovation? So I think innovation, for my perspective, it's a window into the uncertain future, to be honest. Mm. And I think it is like that because we really don't know how the future will be like. But innovation, may that be a process, a product, or a technology, kind of gives us an idea on how the future can look like or the possibilities of development. So I think it's kind of this little bit of a machine that lets us look into the future. Right. Take, for example, blockchain. Blockchain was introduced as a technology, but it's also a new process or way of relating with one another, with society. And in my view, it's a very innovative technology. Mm -hmm. But we still don't know how blockchain is to be adopted. I mean, there hasn't been mass adoption of that technology because it's relatively new. And we cannot really know how adoption might look like or what other companies might emerge in this space. Mm. But we can imagine a little bit or start analyzing what are the possibilities within this technology, like based on how we see things like emerging. So I think that's a very, in my perspective, a really kind of something that inspired me to be interested about innovation. And right. this kind of also uh, inspired the book that uh, I co-authored with uh, Ranger and Felix Dodds, the Tomorrow's People and New Technologies. Mm-hmm. Because what we do in this book is kind of looking at innovation as a window into understanding the future, because we analyze at different emerging technologies. Ah. And then we kind of imagine really, because it's, it's based on, on our imagination and kind of our analysis sure. on how these technologies are going to impact the future and what we can do to kind of shape our, that future. Mm, right. That's brilliant. I love the fact that you view innovation as sort of a machine or a portal almost into the future versus being a a thing or a technology or an object or a project or whatever. It's more like, like you said, a window. It's a way of viewing an uncertain future. I I like that a lot. And I think it also kind of gives humanity an incredible advantage when you have that opportunity to see into a future because it can allow you to strategically influence, shape the future and think about it. I mean, innovation is not just something that happens to us, right? Right. It's a process and we get to shape that. So I think if people and 
also policymakers, like start thinking mm. about innovation as a predictive tool, kind of, because not necessarily. Yeah. Then we can also be better prepared to for the future, right? Because I don't know, again, with the, for example, with the cryptocurrencies, mm. like a lot of, I mean, people and regulators were, were not prepared for a lot of the things that happened. But they were not completely unknown unknowns. I mean, a lot of the things that happened there could have been predicted based on the innovation that was happening and the possibilities. So we could have been a bit better prepared to kind of, I don't know, to, to have a framework to work within uh, these technologies, right? I see. So it's not looking at the technologies where they are for what they are today. It's looking at what they could be and the opportunities they could create in the future. So not looking at the green screen terminal Apple II as, you know, what it is, but looking at what if this were connected to a World Wide Web? What if this screen had more colors? What if this interface had a little thing you could move around thinking about casting the vision of that current technology into the future? Yeah, no, and I also think it's like the good and bad, right? Because innovation mm -hmm. has lots of good things, but it can also have a lot of implications for people and, and daily life. So if we're able to kind of, see it as this little kind of time machine. Yeah. We're also able to shape it and not let it shape us. And, and then we are also more empowered to, to make decisions of, on how do we want innovation or, or the, the technologies or products that emerge from innovation. Yeah. How do we want them to be used in society? Yes, I see. I see. So it's a forward moving process that if you acknowledge that it has this sort of inevitable forward progression through time, you have two choices, basically. You can shape it or you can let it shape you. Yeah, I would say that. <laughs> okay, got it, got it. No, that's really interesting. That's fascinating. And I think that if you approach it from that point of view, then it does make you look at things like blockchain differently. Blockchain is on an inevitable innovation-driven path forward. It's not, is blockchain useful? Does blockchain work? Blah, blah, blah. It's how will blockchain evolve into the future? And do I want to be part of shaping it or do I want to have it shape the way I live? And I also think like, I mean, that can be applied for, for many technologies. I think like, for example, big data was an innovation at, at the time that we didn't got to shaped. Mm -hmm. And it basically shaped us and shaped the world that we're living in. And we got very little input in deciding how we wanted uh, big data to be managed, to be used. Mm. And even though it's very innovative and very innovative things can emerge from the data mining and data processing. Sure. Um, I think it was also uh, not very well planned to say it that way. And, mm. and we didn't have a lot of inputs. And I think because at the time, I mean, the innovation was that we would have, I don't know, big data now. Right. I, like that was very innovative. Right. Yep. But at the time we didn't know the implications for the future, but we could have had an idea if we would have sit down and kind of analyze it and be like, okay, what are the implications for these in the future? Mm. So I think innovation kind of, yeah, for my view is that window into the future. Ah, uh, man, that is so great. We could unpack that for hours because <laughs> it, it just makes so many things go off in my head. Like if governments and regulatory bodies viewed innovation the way you do, big data wouldn't be in the sort of mess that it is now. They wouldn't have looked at these highly networked, large ways of storing information and accessing it rapidly. They would have looked at that and said, okay, well, what are the potential future implications of this versus taking a wait and see sort of approach? And it should be included in their policy toolkit. It's so important, especially as they're 
increasingly dealing with a technology-focused society. Mm. I mean, this is just going exponential. Like the the process of innovation every time is like faster. There are like more technologies emerging, like new processes, new ideas coming up all the time. And it's impossible for regulators to catch up because they're always waiting for it to happen instead of kind of being more a proactive approach to it. Right, right. And the regulatory world is less networked and collaborative than the world of technology. People in Spain and Argentina and the US and, you know, Kenya are all thinking about AI or NFTs or whatever else, but the regulatory bodies aren't talking to each other and they're not thinking, you know, as collaboratively and proactively. So until that happens, I think innovation, a lot of innovation is collaboration dependent. And so until we stop thinking about borders, when we think about regulating technology, we're always going to be a step behind. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So hopefully we're able to, yeah, to be more proactive about it, I think. Yeah. I do have a second uh, definition of what I think uh, innovation is. A bonus definition. Yeah. That's great. I love it. <laughs> I also think that a key part of innovation is problem solving and the mm. practical implementation of those solutions that have utility as well for society. Mm. Yes. So I think that having a creative idea is not enough to be considered innovation. Like that idea has to materialize and therefore the implementation part is such an important characteristic of innovation Mm. because we can all have ideas, but uh, I think going from idea to innovation is actually the implementation of those ideas in certain ways. Ah, I see. I see. I like that. That's, That's great. And I think that the second part of it, which is the have utility for society, is that it has to add some kind of human value Mm -hmm. to people, you know, Mm -hmm. because, I mean, humans are very crafty beings and we think about (laughs) ideas and processes like all the time and and we implement them. While I was like kind of going through these questions in my mind, I remember this time that I had a friend and she was in university online and this was like pre-pandemic. And basically her attendance was measured on the, like her mouse activity. So what she did was to put a fan next to the mouse. So it would slightly move all the time. So they wouldn't know when she was gone. Um, and I mean, I, I can't judge if it's good or bad, but it was very right. clever. I mean, clever, I, I yes. cannot deny that. That was very yes. clever. But I mean, was it innovative? I wouldn't say so. I mean, probably not a lot of people have tried it and it, it is a new process, I would say. But Right. But the question of the human value to people is questionable, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, even to herself is very yeah. questionable. Yeah, exactly. So I think like the, the human utility is very important. And I mean, this necessarily has to be economic value because, I mean, governments and NGOs and and even uh, companies innovate all the time and doesn't necessarily have economic value, but they have some utility for society or some value for society. Right. And I think that's also a very important characteristic of what innovation is. Mm, that is that is brilliant. I love that. I, I couldn't agree more because I think a lot of opportunities to reapply innovation get missed because people are defining innovation in narrow terms, in terms of impact or value created. And if you only look for, okay, well, what made a billion dollars or what put a person on the moon? If those are your criteria for what's innovative, then you're going to miss, how did we eradicate polio? How did these other things that had other forms of human value, how did they come about? There's lessons for innovation riddled throughout those types of solutions. And we miss the opportunity to reapply them because they don't get labeled as innovation because they generated social good or some other type of good. 
It's interesting because a lot of the most uh, innovative things of our time have actually come from uh, non-economic projects. Yes. Right? Like the internet was government-run program and suddenly became this like huge thing. Right. Right. And of course, now we profit from it in different ways. But at the beginning, it, it wasn't made for profit. It's a communication internal tool uh, for the government. Right. Right. So I think it's very important to, I don't know, to also see value in innovation beyond just economic value. Yes. Couldn't agree more. I'm so glad you added that. That was a great bonus. <laughs> so I love the way you think about what innovation is. I'm very curious to hear from you. What isn't innovation? Well, so I think innovation is not just technology process and products. And I'm pretty sure like a lot of your guests have probably touched on this point, but I think it cannot be emphasized enough uh, <laughs> that innovation is not just about technology, but right. solving problems for society and the technology or process that emerges from that, it's just kind of a means or parts of it. Mm. So I think that if I would have to kind of put together an innovation formula for you, yeah, it yeah. would be kind of like, Problem solving plus utility for society plus the technology part or pro or process or product plus the execution. So mm. I mean, technology is just a part of it, but it's not innovation. I see. I see. You know, as a recovering chemical engineer, I love equations. So thank you for that. <laughs> Another thing I think innovation is not. I think innovation is not creativity. It's not creativity. It's not creativity. Okay. I mean, I think innovation must definitely include creativity, uh -huh. but I believe that it's not just creativity. So, I mean, like innovation can include creativity, but creativity does not include innovation. I see. I'm picturing the Venn diagram in my, <laughs> in my head. Creativity is inside of innovation, but innovation is bigger than yeah, creativity. Exactly. Yes. So I think it's yeah. not just a creative process. It's not just being creative. Because you can be creative about something, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was innovative. Um, right, right, right. It can fail the human value. Yeah, because also you can add like, I don't know, you can create some art and, and be very creative at that process. Um, but that doesn't necessarily, every time you are painting, it's not like innovation, right? Mm, right. And I think that's also, it's okay because not everything has to be innovative all the time. So I think that is a distinction for me, I think, between innovation and creativity. Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's super helpful and important to internalize. And I feel like creativity outside of the arts often gets labeled as innovation. Yeah. So if you do something creative and you're an accountant, oh, that's innovation. If you do something creative and you're an engineer, oh, that's innovation. But you're, you're right. There's more to it than that. And I really like your equation to kind of build out the picture. I also think that innovation is not creating something from scratch or from zero. Hmm. I mean, not all the time. Right. Yeah. I think sometimes we have this kind of generalized idea of what innovation is, and it's just kind of this cloud of things. <laughs> I mean, it can be creating something from scratch, but I mean, it's very rare the case that you wake up in the morning and have the greatest idea of it all. Yeah. Maybe it can happen. And, and that's also, right. <laughs> if it does, I mean, <laughs> but it's more likely it won't be like that. Right. But it would rather build upon other technologies and other processes that exist today or be inspired on something that's already out there mm. and then on your own experience. Got it. But it's very rare something that's like completely from zero. I think so. I would imagine that could create some pressure on folks who are expected to be innovative or expected to drive innovation in their company or you're founding a startup and you're sitting in front of a blank whiteboard and like, I need to be innovative. 
I think a lot of people believe that you have to come up with something from nothing for it to be innovative. And it's really a high bar to set for yourself. Yeah. I, I couldn't imagine. No, no, I think so. I mean, I think it's very, very hard to just come up with something that, because I think also when, when we create something or reinvent something, it's like based on our experiences and our knowledge. And it's a combination of like many things that are happening Mm -hmm. to you and and to your environment and that you can see and, and kind of creating something from something that you cannot imagine. It's it's very hard. (laughs) It's like, it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but it was very hard. It would be like really, really hard. I mean, it could happen that you maybe have like this, kind of great idea from one day to another. But I mean, normally innovation happens from, I don't know, from seeing other things, from experiencing other things, from like learning other things and wanting to make something better or or wanting to create mm. something like new, but not necessarily 100% different than something out there, you know? Right, 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 exactly. I think it's born of this sort of false narrative that things that we see as innovative were birthed from this magical idea that popped in someone's head and that's where it came from. Most of the things we look at and say, oh, wow, that's really innovative. They came from that process you just described. Yeah. I think it's a very, yeah, as you said, like if you set that bar so high, it will be very frustrating and it could give you, I mean, a writer's blog or innovator's blog. I don't know what you yeah. call it. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's a new term. Innovator's yeah. block. I like that. <laughs> and I do have one more thing that I think innovation is not. Mm-hmm. And that I think is like also connected to that part of like um, innovation is not something you have to create from zero. Sure. I said innovation is not a gift. Hmm. Like it is a skill. Oh. And with any other skill, you can learn it and it can be also promoted. I mean, you can argue that some people are born with personality traits that can foster innovation easier, but you can basically say that about anything or any sport as well. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, some people have more ease to do some other things than other people, but with practice and perseverance, you can like always learn it. Right. Right. Yeah. Ah. So I think this message is like for people out there who believe themselves that they're not innovative enough or that they're innovative people, you know, because I think lots of people also see themselves as a, I'm not innovative or I'm not creative, right? Right. But I think you can practice this, right? And and that's also something that, like, I don't know, with different tools and different processes, you can actually practice it, right? And and in my company, in Ramformers, my digital marketing company, mm-hmm. we actually practice this a lot. Uh, and we have been able to build and implement different technologies and tools and processes to help our teams innovation. Mm. And we create like different spaces so they can, like think about uh, problem solving in a more innovative way and to kind of come with a plan of action. And not always uh, the innovative solution wins either, because as I said, not everything has to be innovation. Sometimes the innovation solution wins, but also sometimes the practical solution wins. Right. And that's also okay. Yeah. You know, but I think that the process of trying to innovate in that process, you also use a lot of useful tools, I think. Hmm. That can help you with uh, innovative or, or, or good solutions. Right, right. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. You know, it, it, sometimes the sort of value that gets kicked off along the process is as valuable as whatever you have when you get to the end of it. Yeah. I think of the space program and, you know, a couple dozen people have walked on the moon. That's great. But we have so much technology and so many innovative 
things. I mean, that that program advanced society decades, and it wasn't because someone landed on the moon. It was all the things they had to invent or create processes for along the way that we were able to take advantage of. Yeah. Innovation is not a gift. It's a skill. I like that. It goes back to the growth versus fixed mindset, a lot of stuff in there, but it rarely gets applied to innovation. Yeah. We don't think about it in terms of innovation. There's still this aura or mystique of you have to be Steve Jobs or someone along those lines to be truly innovative. And the answer is you don't. Yeah. It can be a learned, practiced, developed skill. And even if you, I mean, you said you used to be a chemistry. So chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you actually apply the formula like, <laughs> and you're like, hey, problem solving, okay, part one. And then you can like yeah. start going like part by part and like looking different tools to help you kind of in, in each space. And then you actually have innovation at the end of it, right? That's yeah. the whole point of innovation. <laughs> exactly. That's right. That's exactly right. I can visualize that on a, on a whiteboard, you know, breaking it down step by step, ingredient by ingredient. Yeah. Yeah. I like a lot of what innovation isn't in your definition of that. I hope it opens the door to innovation for folks. You know, like you don't have to have some magical gift. You don't have to create something from scratch. All these things that you're highlighting are things that I think push people out of that mindset and make it feel like this huge, difficult thing. And so hopefully that opens people's minds a bit to, yeah, maybe I can do something innovative at work tomorrow. Good. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So how has innovation kind of as a mindset, as a way of looking at things, how has it shaped your career? I think the most important ways that it has kind of shaped my career is because it has pushed me to be a problem solver and an executioner, mm -hmm. I think is the word. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it has really helped me to build character, to not be scared to fail and to try new things and to kind of being okay being taken out of my comfort zone. Um, so right now, one of my startups, uh, Reciclo, which is focused on the circular economy of glass, mm. in that company, um, every day we are faced with different challenges because it's, uh, I mean, it's a kind of technology startup and sure. we are very much focused on, on innovation. I mean, from our business model to the new processes that we're building to the communication and traceability software that we're also trying to build. I mean, right. there's nothing out there that it's like, quite exactly what we're trying to solve. Um, so we basically have not like full guidance of, of what we're trying to do. And I mean, we're always trying to kind of like problem solve and it's very uh, challenging sometimes. Mm. But I also think that because I consider myself an innovative person mm -hmm. that also um, makes me more resilient and willing to, to persevere when we quite haven't like, I don't know, uh, nailed something. It's like, okay, let, let's try it again. Let, let's rethink it. Let's look at it from a different perspective or let's think outside the box, right? And mm. and I think that's kind of the biggest way that innovation has shaped my career. And it has to some ways make it more more challenging because I'm always kind of looking for problems to solve. <laughs> but <laughs> right. it has also make it quite fun, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The career path has uh, led me to. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> But I'm not creating problems that aren't there again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not in inventing problems so no. that you have something to do. No, no. No, the world has more yeah. than enough problems for problem solvers to, to dive into, unfortunately. That is for sure. Before I let you go, I want to thank you again for making the time and providing these, these great insights. Last question is, what advice do you have for innovators? 
I think my most important advice is to innovate with purpose mm. and not only because you want to be a tech entrepreneur. I mean, as I said earlier, and probably lots of people have said in this uh, program, innovation or, or the technology that comes from the innovation is just a part of it, mm. but it's not everything. So I encourage them to fall in love with the problem they are trying to solve and not with the technology they are trying to build to solve that problem. I think that's the first thing I would tell them. And the second thing I would tell them is to innovate for the good of society and not only for their own personal gain and fame and to create something that's valuable or, or, or good for the world. I think it's important. And that is, uh, that is phenomenal advice for us all. Innovate with purpose and fall in love with the problem and not the technology. Those are fantastic nuggets. Thank you so much for those. And thank you for your time. Innovation is a window into an uncertain future. That's fantastic. Thanks for having me. This was lots of fun. All right. Take care. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this week's show. You can drop us a line on Twitter at Outlast LLC, O-U-T-L-A-S-T-L-L-C, or follow us on LinkedIn where we're Outlast Consulting. Until next time, keep innovating, whatever that means.